0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patrons. It's time for the podcaster who puts the lulls in, lullab- l- lulls in licorice, I was going to say. And if there was an A with two double, like like I just put the, uh, the A in anise. Because uh, I said, well, it's uh, an and you know. I put the R's in an- <laughs> anise. Uh, those probably are spelled similarly. But what are we talking about with the spellings and misspellings, uh, patrons? It's time for Sleep With Me, podcast that put you to sleep that you support. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, change, you know, so stuff you're thinking about, stuff you're experiencing physically or uh, feeling emotionally, uh, time, temperature, travel. Anything, you know, whatever it is, uh, whatever's keeping you up, uh, I'd like to help and I'd like to create a safe place where you could, uh, what, what am I supposed to say here? What, what are you up all night? Welcome to sleep with me. No, I, I, here's, the, here's the thing. When you naturally forget stuff and you kind of feel, I'm here to keep you company too. And we're still trying to think of how the, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from beyond the bay. Hey, are you up all night, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting sleep? Well, welcome to Sleep With Me, podcast to put you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. There we go. Uh, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. So those are the part I forgot there. Sorry about that. I had to come back to you. Welcome. I'm going to try to create a safe place where you could set aside all that stuff. You know, I'm smoothing it. I'm patting it, rubbing it down. I'm saying safe place. Making plenty of room. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, not, you know, total like nonsense for sure. We go off topic, uh, get mixed up. All just Some of this is, no, well, I guess sometimes I like to say some of it's intentional. But really, it's like some's intentional, a lot of it's natural. But the whole idea is really to keep you company and to kind of loosely hold your attention as you drift off, right? And if you're new and you're here, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And let me tell you a couple of things to expect because uh, you probably are naturally skeptical or wondering, huh, what is this thing or what's going on here? Or you say, what is, what is, or you might say, what is going on here? Or you say, what in the gosh, 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 my gosh is going on here? And I still say that a lot of times. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for trying the show out. I really appreciate it. And here's a couple of things to know. Okay, so the show is definitely different. And so from a lot of feedback I've gotten over the years, uh, approach it loosely. Like you're observing it out of focus. Because if you try to, uh, if 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 you try to look at it straightforwardly, I don't know, like they used to have this thing called three, what are those called? 3D eye paintings or something. That's now what the magic eye, uh, something or other. And n- now I'm going off topic already, but, it, but it, so please, this would be when I would say, if you're new, you could, like uh, if you could indulge me. Or I could come back to it. Actually, you're more important than my uh, metaphor. Hopefully, I'll remember magic eye paintings. Uh, But yeah, kind of look at it loosely. That's one thing to remember. Structurally, here's how the podcast works. Starts out with a few minutes of business. That's because our goal is to keep the podcast uh, free and coming out twice a week. And the sponsors and the people that support the show are the way we do that. Then uh, there's an intro, which we've started here. And the intro is a little bit different, because usually the intro is just kind of like a little bit like walking through a doorway. uh, And uh, like, okay, I guess we could use a 3D metaphor here. Uh, It's like watching a 3D movie. You just put the glasses on and it's in 3D, right? Like, or you get on a 3D ride or you go to a 3D movie, put the glasses on. And you expect to see the the 3D effects, right? I think we can agree on that. Where a three D eye painting or whatever the magic eye painting, whatever they're called, it kind of looks like some something like fractal type art at first, and it's uh, sometimes there's shapes in there that you can recognize, but mostly it just looks like some sort of compute. Like they say, what kind of art? Uh, like uh, as AI develops more sentience, uh, other than us being in a bit of a, a pickle. You know, this is where, if I was an anthropologist, this is where I would spend my, I'd say, well, what kind of art have you, have we determined, you know, we know AI loves running algorithms for us and machine learning and doing our chores and stuff for now. But what kind of art does AI like? If you sat down with some AI, really over a cup of whatever they prefer to drink, uh, I don't know, ones and zeros, uh, mildly steamed like, uh, I would think they would say, well, you know, those magic eye paintings, uh, we like them just fine on their own, really beautiful stuff, uh, right up our alley. In fact, we have entire galleries, uh, of magic eye, we call we call them magic eye paintings, uh, but they, we, you, right. I think I got that. They do just fine for you on your own. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad you had, you have you here, AI, because, uh. Oh, your spokesperson. Okay. Well, that uh, can I just call you? Okay. Well, okay. Well, this is actually my podcast, so like uh, I appreciate that all the hard work you do on uh, our behalves or in preparation for. But uh, so I was explaining to a new listener my podcast that like, uh, oh, usually like a regular podcast has an intro, and it kind of works like 3D glasses. You put them on, it's in 3D, a magic eye painting. Even after you've done a thousand of them, you say how, like for a lot of people, you say, how does this work again? I forgot. Or what do I get? Do I got to look at it or not look at it? I think it, and they say, well, make your, like, almost like you're drooling. That's how you look at it. Or that would be, what kind of look do you have on your face when you're about to drool? That's how you see a magic eye painting in 3D. It's not actually your eyes, uh. It's capturing that entire moment where you're just you're just about to drool, like staring at it in that way. And that's kind of how our intro works. It's, uh, it takes a little bit it's, and because the reason the intro is uh, about 12 to 15 minutes is because it's part of a lot of people's, a lot of listeners' wind-down routine. Though some listeners do fall asleep right away, and some listeners skip the intro, and some wholeheartedly enjoy the intro or listen during the day, to kind of relax. Uh, The intro is kind of built in a way to help you ease your way into bedtime. So that when when you, if you're new, you say, what is this, a 12-minute intro where you're talking about nothing? And I'd say, well, I was trying to make a, I think I successfully may have made a metaphor, just an incredibly convoluted one about uh, 3D and magic eye paintings. It's just tough to explain or make any sense of. uh, That kind of translates to how the podcast works. Also, I don't want to brag, but I think I just, uh, you know, in the coming future, I may be, I maybe have to be the lead person for human AI relations. Uh, and now that I have some insider knowledge, uh, about what kind of art AI likes, uh, it would be interesting. I would like to know what if we got Alan Iverson to have a podcast about a, like AI on AI, uh, like, and maybe like that would, that would be a podcast I would definitely listen to. And maybe the the other AI, not Allen Iverson, but the AI, like they could all, like we could also make it like basketball or other things Allen Iverson's interested in. Uh, But I I just like that title AI on AI, or maybe it could be, I don't know. Maybe in the future, like uh, we could ha- like Allen Iverson could play AI. I mean, I guess we could maybe that could be a switch. What is that called? A Steam channel or whatever? What is it called? Uh, uh, I don't know what it's called, like streaming video game where AI, I mean, I don't know if AI is a game or Alan Iverson, the AI would play AI like in games, uh, that might be more, uh, marketable, I guess, and realistic. Uh, or we could like, who's the dude, the actor that plays all the most in motion capture. Like, is there a way that Alan Iverson could actually play one-on-one against? No, I guess we don't have that technology. Also, I guess I'm in the middle of an intro for a sleep podcast, but I would just like to bookmark that uh, pod, podcast title. Uh, also, AI or a n i a I's. Uh, hit me up if you want. If you're looking for someone with just podcast ideas uh, who wants like a 51 ownership, uh, but not a lot of work. Hit, you know, give me a call. Uh, but anyway, so this intro of the show. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't really go anywhere. But it's here to keep you company and ease you into bedtime, kind of like the rest of the show. So then after that, tonight in particular, we'll talk about. Uh, uh, we, we oh, we'll talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation. And if you don't listen to Star or you don't watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, don't worry. It'll be a delightful recap. I mean, really, they're like episodic uh, fairy tales that happen in space, uh, yeah, with just kind of recurring characters that you would definitely like. I don't think there's a, I mean, one of the things that drew me to the show is like, uh, I think a majority of people on there are likable and spending time with them is wonderful. So we'll talk about that, but you don't have to watch the show. You'll get it just fine. It'll be here to ease you into bedtime. There's business between the intro and the show. Then at the, the end of the show are thank yous. So that's the structure of show. If you're new, also, you don't need to listen and you, or pay attention. Like, you can, uh, but you don't have to. Uh, you can kind of barely listen, kind of listen. You say, hmm, it's like, I mean, I realize it's like, scooch, you almost make sense. Uh, just barely, well, just barely might be an overestimation you uh no nearly is the wrong word too. Almost might be too too much of a word. Uh your ideas about three to three D well yeah your ideas about far fetched uh, is a little bit too far. Whatever between nearly and far fetched is uh making sense. You're 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 the that person on that uh, spectrum. You'd say far fetched we have that over there and nearly sensible i don't know what would far-fetched be oh i maybe i am far-fetched i think far-fetched would be no narr- like no narrative total impressionistic uh type thing I, i'm trying to bring it like make it kind of make sense it's just uh like you know no i my hand you know my i got all the strings mixed up uh but anyway so oh so you don't need to listen Here's the weird thing. There's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm here to keep you company as you drift off at your leisure. So so uh you could fall asleep in ten minutes, you could fall asleep in two or three hours if you need the company. Uh I'll be here. Uh the shows are about an hour, but you can run them back to back. Uh and I'm here to the very end, so that if you can't sleep uh at least you have a, a friend in the deep dark night. That's really why I make the show is uh I'm here if you need me kind of weird thing. Like I'll be here while you sleep, uh, or if you can't sleep, I'm here. So I could be a comforting voice you're already asleep to, or, you know, I could be your boyfriend and you say, well, I don't know what it is, but at least I got scoot, (laughs) you know, at least (laughs) I could try to barely, you know, even though I'm listening to scoots, I still say, okay. And you could, you know, I guess you say magic eye painting. I remember those kind of barely. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, they're probably, like, fractals are made by uh, computers. So so those would, you couldn't, I mean, I'm sure there's like a, here's here's why AI likes magic eye paintings. I'll just be honest with you. It's a a collaboration between uh, humans and computers. I'm assuming, because I don't have anything to do with it. But I assume it's some sort of consort. You say, well... You know, we want to do, do the most famous magic eye painting is always dolphins jumping with balls or something in the air. But you say, okay, so how do we get to that? Well, we have to do this. Okay, so what colors should we use? What should be the initial thing you're seeing? It's just, so it's a thing where we, like, it might be, if, you, if, you, if you're listening to this in the future, here's the thing, when, we ha- when we're when we fixing everything, at, you know, when you say, we'll call it the magic eye accords. And you don't even have to give me credit. Give you know, give credit to whoever you need to, to get it get it done at the time. And you say, finally, we realize that we built it, that. Like it would be the you know to say. And then AI said the the AIs or whatever they you know they decide. They decided we could all live together, Oh, within a magic art. Oh no, sorry, that's not the, what I was going for. Sorry, some AI just called me from the future. It said, oh, within a magic eye painting. It said, no, 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 humanity doesn't work that way. You're just in the movies, we can't, we can't actually, you know, function within a magic eye painting. But maybe we could do that. Okay, here's the thing. Maybe magic, maybe AIs aren't listening right now. You say, yeah, we're going to go in there with you. Uh, like, we'll all line up because we're a little bit slower and less efficient because we're human. And you say, all you go ahead and first, all you AIs get in that magic eye painting and we'll meet you in there. And then we'll give them the old H U M A N, you know, shabashoo, doors closed. Uh, Picard pulled that. So, you know, with uh, like, you know, he said they'll like it in there. There's plenty of, uh," you say, huh, I thought that dolphin was making eye contact with me. Oh boy. So, anyway, I'm glad you're here. This podcast is goofy, it's a little bit different. But it's here to help, because uh, you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, so I appreciate you coming by. Uh, give the show a shot. If it doesn't work, com slash no thank you. You could check that out. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I your a strive because I want to help you fall asleep. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, we're back. We're talking about a Star Trek uh, episode... Season two, episode eight, a matter of honor. And uh you really I really enjoyed this episode. Uh I mean it has like if you like Riker, oh boy, is this the uh, episode is this a good episode too? Uh let's see, Riker in charge. That's the first thing I put. Starbase 179, seven Uh Wes and Data Wes and Data working together. Wes is in gray. This is hailing Uh, Then they see, hey, we're ready for a transfer. Uh, Data has the bridge. I guess Riker rolls out. Let's see. Hailing frequencies. Open. Oh, yeah. Riker's calling uh, Starbase 179. Ready for your transfer on your mark. Okay, Commander Data, you have the bridge. And then he heads below, and Data's kind of sitting at the helm, uh, chilling. And then we see a planet, red planet, uh, desert-like clouds or dust. I put steeps or whatever they're called. S-T-E-P-E-S. We'll look that up later. Data ready. Also, another question we'll research is data left or right handed or not. Uh, And then uh, four uh, cadets or something come in. Riker gives them greetings. Uh, It put Wes. Oh boy, because Wes is uh, he makes a mistake like. mistake he, he assumes uh uh this ensign that he knows him uh just because he like uh Mordok, he says what are you doing here and the dude says i'm not Mordack, man I'm Menden. i'm from benzar uh and i mean like uh, i guess if we look at it through uh one perspective it's like Wes is a young he, he, like sometimes you have to make these uh, mistakes it's a little bit culturally insensitive and uh uh you know her I mean yeah probably uh, like uh I don't know Menden doesn't uh he definitely has his own in- internal issue like uh and to, to continue the thing I said he's kind of like a what are they, like, I looked up there, well, we'll talk more about it, but, I, like, he's a, he's a bit blue, a grayish blue character with, the. I, th- I forgot where they're from. Let me see. I got some, uh, uh, welcome to the enterprise, uh, cultural exchange or the exchange program, everybody follow crusher for the indoctrination program or something. I said, what, uh. He said, oh, actually, the the dude, Mendon, says, oh, no, naturally, we look like we're from the same geostructure. And then uh, Riker says, good to have you here, Ensign. Briefing and I don't know why I find indoctrination just doesn't sound uh, like something I'm interested in for the Enterprise. Uh, And then Riker gets a call to go to the phaser range. uh, from the boss uh, from Picard who I guess was down there the whole time oh also the the dude is a little bit uh, at some point I guess I don't know what Riker gives a look to O'Brien who has a laugh I think that's from Menden oh yeah he says to Riker I'm happy to be assigned to the Enterprise it wasn't just luck I requested it and I know I'll be great help so he's very um, I don't know, emotionally connected with Menden because certain personality parts, parts you like over enthusiastic. I think that's like, uh, like where you're being over enthusiastic to cover up a little of, uh, you know, F R I G H and then T at the end. Uh, and you say, okay, like maybe I'll overcompensate a little. Maybe that's what Menden's doing, or maybe I'm just projecting. on Star Trek characters, which is you know one of my hobbies. Okay, what do we got here? Number one. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Nuber One is that even a word? Is that really a thing? But Picard and uh, Riker down at the Phaser Range—kind uh, of worth watching them practice uh, shooting at these lights. Uh, Ones that they're on blue and gold. What the heck is Nuber One? That does sound like something they would say. It says O'Brien has a laugh. Nuber One. Uh, but they say, "Okay." Oh, Picard says, "What do you think about these exchange kids or young adults?" Uh, he says, "Positive." Uh, Menden's eager to please. And Picard goes, "That's a benzite trait." Uh, uh, and, and then Riker. This is a really fun scene. Actually, he says, "Hey, what about uh, an off?" Because they're saying, we're thinking about somebody from exchanging somebody from the Enterprise. Riker goes, huh, tell me more. And he goes, well, there's a Klingon vessel in the area. Riker goes, I didn't know that any like a Starfleet officer served on a Klingon vessel. It, it's so good. These two are really good together. This is even season two. Picard goes, no, no, neither have I. And Riker goes, it might prove beneficial. You know, they're really taught like they're, they're just like, this is like kind of like a professional flirting talk or I don't know how to describe it because it's not quite subtextual, but, uh, because they're talking about what they're talking about, but they're, you know what I mean? And he goes, no, neither have I. It might be beneficial, Riker says, uh, but Kirkus the best, right? He goes, no doubt, bye. I don't know why I said bye, but, but he says, yeah, for sure. And then Riker goes, well, who would you send? And Picard goes, hmm, good question. Maybe a volunteer? And this is when you, like, uh, like I don't know if this was a power move or not, but R- Riker goes, I might be interested, not that. And then Picard misses a target, and he pretends he didn't hear, them, hear him. And I think Riker laughs. Let's see. Uh, colors. Uh, uh, blue and yellow circle. Riker raising an idea. Klingon vessel. though I put loving this subtext and talking around it. I might be interested. Darn, uh, Picard says when Riker's talking, and, and you think Riker laughs there, yeah, because he thought it was a, it, it was a power move. He has to repeat himself, uh, which I don't know. Maybe it's just a way of Picard testing, saying, "Are you serious?" Uh, And Riker says, in a charming way, he says, I wouldn't mind the assignment, sir. And Picard goes, why? He goes, no one's ever done it before. Why the heck else? Uh, He goes, you know, you heard of Brand the Brave? And Picard goes, no. And he goes, well, one day you will, dude. Like, forget that other nickname. And Picard goes, what are you even talking about? Riker goes, I don't know, Scoots is putting words in my mouth. Uh, He goes, nobody's ever done it before. And it's like it's already done, because characters well, I'll notify Starbase of your acceptance, and they'll make arrangements. And so I put nice, uh, because no one's ever done it. Nice. And then, then the episode opens, Captain's Log 42506.5, uh, departed to Klingon, Roberta Wharf, clear something up, Take a t- t- talk out my captain. Okay, let's see what really, what really happened. Uh, uh, Worf and Riker in the hallway talking and he says, uh, Riker goes, yeah, I know a lot about my heritage. Riker goes, yeah, I want to clear something up. He goes, what are the duties of the first officer? Like, uh, goes a debate. There's like a debate, a serious debate club with your captain. He goes, yep. You're supposed to out debate him if you can. And Riker goes, what, uh, wouldn't that be like chaos? Uh, and Worf goes, no, no, no. Keeps the captain on, uh, to top of the game. And by the way, your second officer is going to try to debate you right out of school. Ian Rick goes, wow, that must take some getting used to. And Worf goes, it's been working fine for centuries. Ian, uh, he goes, it is different. And Worf says, many things will be different. So I liked that method of attrition. Uh, many things will be different. Okay, then the blue, uh, Menden, sorry, I wanted to call him blue guy? observes a lot he has in quotes helpful comments he's like walking around with his hands behind the back uh like i said we'll try to look at him through the lens of empathy so but it is a little bit difficult because he's kind of like a splainer and like a like he knows all and he does have this like a journey in this episode uh so he walks around with his hands behind the back uh first off i put wtf like uh Cause I don't, I didn't look this up, but it's like, like some like exchange dude can just walk around the uh, bridge, like looking at people's stuff uh, astute. Somebody says the word astute. Wes is a bit taken aback. He even shakes his head. Like, uh, like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, with this, uh, he gulps too. Oh, it's a, sh- it's not a pleasant shaking of the head. Like it's a fresh, like, uh, then we have Riker eating Klingon food. And this is the Pulaski season or Pulaski, and she's good in these scenes because she's she she's like uh, representing kind of like the audience. She says, "What are you what are you eating?" And Breaker's uh, full bore uh, snack and this stuff, uh, Pippius uh, Targ, Ga Pulaski or, Yeah, she says, uh, "Ga," and he goes, "Oh yeah." Uh, he goes, "You want to try anything?" She goes, "No, no, no." And she goes, are you going to be able to eat all this stuff? Uh, and he goes, uh, well, I got to be, you know, I need to be full, you know, I got to be able to participate. Uh, and she she goes, okay, well, you know, they're same, like, uh, I don't know if they're mammals, but she says, you know, their physiology is similar to ours. So that she tries to give Riker some peace of mind. She also was like not, she's like a little bit judgmental of their ways of doing things. Uh, Riker says, you want to have something to drink? She goes, no, I'm abstaining because it's your last hour. I'm bored. And I said, abstaining from something that doesn't have any alcohol is interesting. A feast before transfer. I didn't realize this was like a, like a thing. Uh, Riker goes, your sacrifice will not go unnoticed. Good job of kissing my uh, side of my beard. Uh, Then Picard shows up. He goes, oh, this is the feast before transfer. He goes, I've done it before. But he goes, I'd pick something else uh, more palatable. Riker goes, this is the palatable stuff. And then Picard brings it back to the ground. He says, okay, well, we know so little about them. So much to learn. Really great opportunity, and I envy you uh, Riker. And, uh, so that's cool. Uh, envy you. Riker really does seem to enjoy the food. Riker gives transportation, sentimental note, efficient bridge, Klingon vessel approaching. The Wharf looks uncomfortable. Klingon. Okay. So let's run through this here. So in the hall, uh, uh uh, Worf gives Riker a little uh, transponder uh, just in case, precautionary. And, but he says, no, not precautionary, efficiency commander. And then we're on the bridge. Uh, Klingon's approaching, hailing, uh, pa. Uh, uh, Picard says on screen, I'm Picard. He goes, I'm Cargan, the captain of the Klingon vessel, pa. Maybe I don't even know how to pronounce it, but, uh, he goes, get your first officer on board. Uh, here goes, by the way, great. Riker's a great guy. He goes, I don't like, no, thanks. Uh, I'll see myself, uh, screen off. Uh, and then Menden goes to to all people, Wharf he goes, not very hospital, uh, hospitable, are they? And Worf is like, dude, get back to work, uh. Because it's not your concern. Observe your station, ensign Menden. It was like what? What is this? This dude does need like his journey. This episode. I said, blue dude. Klingon leans back. Uh, that was on the screen. Then blue dude has a comment for everything. Uh, then he does a uh, a scan of uh, their thing. Oh, he was sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, and Worf, because you didn't. Uh, and then he notices, like, there's uh, something on the hull of the Klingon vessel, but he doesn't say anything. Uh, and then Picard goes, beam Riker over, acknowledged, O'Brien sends him over. Picard goes, Data, you're on the bridge. Um, inconclusive was the scan that Menden ran. Oh Brian, heck no, for me, because uh, maybe he says, are you going to go over there? Oh, yeah. He goes, No way for me. He goes, I'm trying to get a date with, like, in the Arboretum, uh, because maybe he hasn't got that date yet. Uh, and he goes, Are you worried? The record goes, No. He goes, Well, and the record goes, Just get me over there. Uh, let's see. For me, energize. We watch the vessel head off. Uh, Menden stops Picard, uh, which, uh, Picard goes resume course, uh, take over data. I'm gonna observe. Uh. And he goes, I hey, just wanted to introduce myself, Amend." And, and and Picard goes, "Good, okay." He goes, hey, go, "You got a couple of ideas to run by here. Uh, I'm really swift on the uptake." In Picard, which is a little bit weird, he goes, "On this, he goes, we follow chain of command." Which I'm like, "Wait a second, don't all? I mean, maybe Mend." Uh, Benzites don't follow chain of command. I don't know. He goes, Worf is a, your point of uh, contact. And he goes, sorry, I just wanted to impress upon you. And Parker goes, no, sorry. Uh, we should have explained it better. And then Worf goes, Ensign Menden, you may impress me. Uh, which is like, man, do I love Worf. Uh, no need to apologize. Yeah, he does a hair toss, like a slight hair toss when he says that too me very red i don't know what that means riker oh the, the inside of the klingon ship's got like red lights uh riker has to let them know who's in charge uh so let's see riker goes in oh the, the, his second in command goes uh he's kind of like playing riker he goes uh hey, He goes, Huh, you never seen anybody like you before? He goes, Well, I'm an average, everyday human man who just happens to be your commander. Uh, And He goes, What was your order again? He goes, Take you to command and uh, command the captain. He goes, Yeah. And Riker goes, Let's get to it then. Then Riker gets on there. And we kind of learn, like you like, hey, I'm from Starship Enterprise. He goes, Not anymore, dude. You're Pa or whatever. You're Riker, first officer of Klingon Pa. He goes, You tend to disobey any Federation orders, uh. He goes, No. And then Cargan goes, Where's your loyalties? And Riker goes, I don't understand. He goes, uh we, we he goes, We're peaceful, but this is our ship. Uh he goes, I gotta count on everybody. He goes, where are your loyalties? And Riker goes, uh, I've been assigned to serve the ship and obey your orders. I'll do that, uh, and Cargarden goes, uh, are you going to take an oath? And Riker goes, what do you mean an oath? I just said I would, uh, and then Clock starts to debate Riker in a very 80s action. The 80s, uh, like TV shows had these action debates, uh, so this is like one of these action debates, uh, cause he says, uh, point of order, uh. And Cargan uh, uh, says, I recognize Lieutenant Clagg's point of order. And Ricker goes, You got something to say to me, Clagg? Say it outside of parliamentary procedure. And Clagg says, Okay, I don't believe you. And he goes, Are you debate? You, do, do you want to debate me? And he goes, Correct. Uh, and he goes, Do you have a second? And the captain? And the captain goes, I leave it to the ban-, you know, whatever. And Cargo goes, uh, so they have an action debate, and Picard, like, totally out-debates him because he's got the skills of, like, uh, Picard's got, like, a- alpha a- empathy and compassion, so he can use both those skills. Uh And that guy's just younger. Coming up, he was using all, like, uh, a- ag- aggro debate, which Picard says, well, I agree with you. And he goes, oh. And Picard goes, you accept that I'm in charge. And he goes, well, huh, okay. And Picard goes, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I follow Cargan. you follow me. He goes, or do you want to be debated right off the ship? And the guy, Klag he goes, I'll, I'll follow you. And then Cargan says, and Riker, you'll follow me. And he says, of course. Let's see if I missed anything. That is correct. I can count on you. Loyalties. Uh, okay. Like the commander sat down and watched the debate. Uh, He really enjoyed it. Uh, When it's done, Riker blows out like of an o mouse, like like that. uh. And then Worf, we're on uh, Enterprise Bridge. Worf says there's an unknown substance on the dorsal section of the engineering. Or Mendon finds it on the dorsal section. They magnify it. uh, It's like rust or something, subatomic rust, we'll say. Uh, but it's doubling in size, like every 15 minutes, uh, and, uh, they, they go, where is it from? And they go, uh, and Menden goes, it was on the Klingon ship, uh, and Picard goes, who'd you tell about that? And Menden goes, nobody, uh, it was working on a report. And Orff goes, you're supposed to report anything that's out of ordinary. And Picard goes, come on, dude. And he goes, uh, but I didn't have a full report, uh. I couldn't, like, I didn't have all my bases covered. And Data goes, how'd you come to that uh, decision? He goes, Benzite regulation. uh, Full analysis and resolution is our procedure. And goes, that's not our procedure. He goes, it's uh, any possibility of rust or anything else you reported. uh, Decision is not yours. Uh, You got it? Menden goes, yep. He goes, okay, get back to work then. Keep figuring it out. And he says, it's going to take a while. And Picard goes, go ahead, take your time. Just get it done. Data, supervise. And he goes, aye, sir. And then Picard walks off and Worf goes, and I'm going to teach you some etiquette. Uh, He really says that. Uh, Inner probe, prioritize. Uh, How did you come to that decision? Something gone wrong. Oh, internship gone wrong. That's what I put. Uh, then there's a break uh Riker's log uh I guess his personal log, right? and he goes, Yeah man Pog uh impressed with everybody, they're very single minded and they're in the mess all. Riker's getting and giving looks from everybody and he's pretending he he's like using his experience. Mm Bra is this Breadzid, uh, uh papyrus uh and they go, what about the Roke, Roke, he goes, oh boy, is it good. And they go, what about some guy? He goes, yeah, oh yeah. He goes, huh, I never had it in this fashion prepared this way before. And they go, do you want something? <laughs> yeah, this is like, like you know, they kind of give Riker a hard time. Uh, and they go, you know, there's no uh, old debaters on Klingon ships. uh And Riker goes, I'm sure they debated with Honor. And Clay goes, yeah, maybe you'll stick around. Uh, Then they talk about Riker's looks. uh, And I guess, like, uh, dating on the ship is a lot. I guess it's a lot on both ships. So somebody says, well, I'd like to, maybe we could have dinner together. And Riker says, we're having dinner right now. Uh, Let's see. But they also say, man, you got a sense of humor. uh, we didn't think you, 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 uh, humans had a sense of humor. Cause Riker even cracked some jokes that they all, uh, oh, they say, would you say you're a typical Federation officer? Cause you have a humor, uh, and uh, Clyde says, you're not what I expected. Uh, and he goes, oh, I was thinking the same way. Uh, he goes, I never, he goes, Worf, Worf doesn't really laugh, uh, he goes, so I didn't realize Klingon said, so, and they go, there's much to learn. And Riker goes, that's why I'm here. Uh, and Clyde goes, feel free to ask any questions. And he goes, okay. Uh, or maybe Riker says, oh, yeah. He goes, uh, I don't know. They talk about families, uh, uh, you know, history, Romulans, uh, you know, ups and downs, uh, like, uh, you know, family stuff, like war for everybody else. You say, oh, it's family stuff, huh? And Riker goes Riker closes it. Well, the writers do. He says yesterday they did not even know how to uh eat uh. Oh, because they say Klingons don't express the way, feelings the way humans do. Uh let's see, our future little down about the Romulans and his dad. Yesterday did not eat gah. everyone happened everyone I don't know what that is, uh uh, but Picard, Data, and Menden are uh, checking relevant new stuff. Uh, the Klingon, uh, they already have 12 centimeters of rust, uh, which wharf glares. Uh, they say find them. It's not good that they have a rust hole on their hull. Hall. Then we see Riker uh, walking. Ask for a repeat. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a space rust. Uh, no way. And they say this hole is growing. We only got eight hours. This is on the Klingon ship. Uh, um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, you know, they say okay, we got eight hours. Okay. They say what is tactics? What do you think? Because uh, they think that uh, Enterprise planted this rust. Uh, and they say they scanned that area of the ship for two minutes. Uh, it Must be a, they did a rust deposit for some reason. Like uh, basically, this is the only. Uh, like other ship we've encountered, uh, Riker goes, it's normal to scan ships, uh and they go, well, why would you use a rust beam? He goes, We don't we don't use rust beams, we're allies. And the Riker goes, It's not uh, how we work, uh and uh says, No, nope, uh you don't rust a Klingon ship, uh time for you know, time to get to like an uh, riker's like what uh and they go yeah we gotta do we gotta we're gonna have to rust them first and debate them right out of space that uh, makes no sense riker says uh indeed uh, then i think there's an ad break on a riker they say cloak the ship and there's a riker close-up uh then there's an the enterprise shot and then will uh tries to help mend and uh he goes up to him he tries to be nice uh, and he says, geez, you just made an error. Uh, and he goes, you can't recover from an error. Uh, that's not how benzites work. And right, right, Will goes, you know, we've really learned about resiliency. And this ship is try too." He goes, don't worry, you're resilient. I can see it. He goes, thanks. Uh, but he goes, that's it. Uh, and he goes, I don't know why you're trying to be nice to me. He goes, uh, and he goes, well, people make mistakes. He goes, you didn't put the rust on the ship. Uh, you just saw it, and then you didn't know procedure. And the dude goes, uh, why being so nice to me? And West goes, because I thought you might need a friend. Uh, and, you know, Menden's kind of like, a, I guess he has like one of those negative egos that I'm familiar with. He goes, well, I must have really like, a, you know, half a guy all over my face, you know. And Wes says, "Well, this is what the exchange program is all about: learning uh, and exchanging information, and and then, uh, you know, like uh, growing." And he goes, uh, "That's kind of part of resiliency." I don't think the dude quite gets it because he goes, "I'm gonna like he's an all or nothing thinker, which I know well." He goes, "I'm gonna succeed brilliantly and work really hard." Uh, very all or nothing, Will's hands are crossed, but Will's happy, you know, he tried to help. Uh, and then they, we see the Klingons, they see Jesus' rust is like uh, toast. Uh, and they go, Riker, go down and look uh, at one of the portholes. Uh, and Riker goes, uh, they, and he says, dude, keep an eye on this guy, maybe he rusted the ship. And Riker had de- de- debated the dude, Krag, who says, "Well, why would he be here f- to rust a ship he's on?" And Cargan goes, "Cause he's human, so they're." Uh, he goes, uh, "I don't know." And Krag goes, "I don't know." He goes, "He might be up to something, but uh, he's very brave." He uh, goes, "He goes. They don't. They're not Klingons. They don't think the same way we do." And they say, okay, we see the Enterprise, it's headed towards us. And I guess it's another all-or-nothing thing. And goes, goes, see, told you so, Riker. Because Riker comes back, and Riker goes, what do you mean? And he goes, the Enterprise is following us, and why? And Riker says, well, why don't you ask them? And they go, 15 minutes, we'll be meeting up. And Kargan goes, uh, prepare my debate suits." And get the rust, rust rust you know, rust the device ready. Um let's see. Know your rank. Uh, what is that? Bridge data. Keep an eye on him, second search, know, no step down stare down. Oh, there's a couple stare downs. Intercept course, Riker's back. You almost had me believing. I don't know what that is, but uh something like, it definitely not. It looks like it was never written in English, even though I'm sure when I wrote it, uh, it looks like if you took trapeze and triangle and combined them into one word with none of those letters, uh, like, or maybe it says T and P, Z, U, E. I don't know. Following us. Uh, why? Ask him. Reasons clear. Lots of debating. Bridge data standing. Uh, and they say, Well, where's the uh, Klingon vessel? Well, it's cloaked or it's been rusted away. Uh, they may be here to help. Uh, I think that's back and the other one. Uh, this is when they meet up. Because uh, uh, they say, Well, what if they're here to help? Uh, and he goes, uh, They're not here to help. or uh, uh, Don't forget my rank. Uh, Rick goes, I'm just trying to help you understand. Uh, and Kurgan goes, uh, He goes, I'm captain. You're supposed to obey me, your oath. And Riker goes, yep, you're right. Uh, He goes, okay, tell me the easiest way to rust out the Enterprise or debate your captain. Riker goes, no. And he goes, well, you have to. He goes, well, I'm not going to tell you the Enterprise secrets. Uh, And he goes, well, then what good is your oath? Uh, What good is Starfleet then? And Riker goes, I can't break a past vow. He goes, those oaths uh, supersede, but he's almost debating. He goes, those oaths are prior oaths that supersede my oath with you. And Kargan says, those oaths are in conflict, which Riker says, no, they're not. I'll obey your orders. I'm going to serve on this ship uh, and do what must be done. Uh, But uh, your orders don't supersede my previous orders or oaths. And the cargo goes good, because that was actually a test to see if you were an oath breaker. And now I see you aren't, uh, so you're very you're in my good graces again. So I don't know if that was the Klingon trying to save like uh like face with the rest of his crew or it was real it really was a test. Uh, so oh, also during all this, uh, there's some really good shots. Uh the second in command is looking on uh I forgot his name, Klag, uh, with a dreamy look. He's watching Riker, uh, uh, and, oh, he even gets a, Riker even gets a hug. He goes, you're really a Klingon, for the captain says, but the Klag really has dreamy looks for Riker. Uh, then we see Menden working on the computer. He seems happy. And let's see. Oh, he goes, yeah, I figured out the rust, uh, he goes, it's like a titanium, uh, thing. And they go neutrino, a neutrino beam, a tunneling neutrino beam will clear it right out, uh, and Parker, Picard goes, great job, uh, do it, uh, and, uh, then he says, Worf, add that to the hailing message, messages, neutrino beam will clean the rust, uh, then we're back on the pot. They say okay. They changed. Now they want you to use a neutrino beam. It's rust. Uh, and Riker says, "See." And Kirk goes, "No, they're not. It's not true." And then it's. But they're still cloaked. Uh, then it's like Picard, Captain's log, 425-07.8. five zero seven point eight. We're looking for the Klingon ship. Can't find it. Uh, can't find any debris. Uh, data says that. Uh, and Data says, no debris, they must be here and cloaked. Uh, and Riker goes, okay. And then Data says, we should probably go to Red Alert. He goes, make it so. Morph goes, I. So then on the Klingon ship, they say, okay, now they're on Red Alert, shields up. Uh, and Riker goes, yeah, that's a procedure when things are strange. Uh, of course you put your shields up. Yeah, they just de-rusted their ship. Uh uh, let's see. Assume colloquial agreed, Make it so. Oh, I love it when he says that, uh, uh, Riker. Okay, so then, let's see. So, back in the ship, uh, Cargan goes, well, they're f- fools for putting their, their debate shoes on, unless they're ready to debate. Uh, and Riker goes, you only get one shot at Captain Picard in a debate, so you better have some opening line. He goes, I only need one. Uh, he goes, prepare my debate, you know, my debate, uh, like a speaker or whatever to launch. And then Riker says, well, it's." he goes, you w- want to be closer so they could hear it and that there's no lag between your speaking. And he goes, so 40,000 kilometers, it'll give them, he goes, it'll also give Captain Kirk less time to respond. And they go, wow, that's actually smart. Uh, and they say, okay, count down to 40 kilometers uh, and Riker, you'll call, you'll give the word for the final debate. Uh, and then Riker says, okay. And they go, any questions? He goes, yeah, one thing. He goes, I don't trust your judgment. Uh, he goes, you're ca- causing a confrontation debate when we don't need to. And the guy, Kargan goes, are you finished? And Riker goes, Sure. And they go commence, and then they go, we're closing. And then Riker pulls out that transponder and turns it on. And the Kargan goes, what is that? Uh, he goes, nothing. <laughs> Just pulled it out of my boot at this opportune time. And Cargan goes, hand it over then. So then we switch back to Worf, who goes, yeah, the transponder's on. Uh, he, goes, uh, he goes, it's the one I gave to Riker. And Picard goes, okay, O'Brien, well, lock on that. And uh, O'Brien says, well, we're not quite in range. Uh, and Riker goes, we've got to stretch it. Uh, you know, it's a transponder. And uh, uh, he goes, we got to know what's going on. And he goes, Riker's the only one. So beam him onto the bridge uh, on my command. And O'Brien goes, okay, wait till 40,000. Uh, so then wharf's counting down, transponder room's counting down. And because you got to switch the shields off and beam them on, and then they're at 40,000, uh, and then on the pod, they're at 40,000, so they're going to drop their cloak and get ready. So everybody's getting ready for this 40,000 moment, and as soon as they hit, Cargan uh, gets beamed over uh, to the bridge. Uh, to prepare, energize, standing. Something field flack. I don't know what that means. uh And then Riker goes, I'm your captain now. uh What is this? Oh, Riker has no honor. That's what the dude says when he's on his ship or on the bridge of the Enterprise. uh And Riker says, uh, Yeah, I'm your captain now. I've relieved Cargan. He was acting irrationally. He goes, Serve the ship as I have. Uh, and, yeah, Cargan throws a fit. I was tricked by Riker. He's not uh, honorable. Uh, and Riker goes, okay, turn off your shields uh, and obey my orders. Uh, and they go, well, what are you doing? He goes, don't worry. I'm on the ship. Uh, he goes, so that's my order. cloak cloaking shields off. And uh, I, re- I repeat, cloaking shields off. It's a paw. Uh, he goes, uh he goes, Captain William Riker, Captain William Riker of the Pi. He goes, lower his shields and surrender. And Picard goes, shields lowered, surrendered. And Cargan goes, I demand to go back to my ship. Uh, and Picard goes, get him ready to beam back. Uh, and then O'Brien goes, okay. And then he goes, Riker, we can fix your ship right away. He goes, Riker goes, thank you, Captain Picard. And this one was a little bit more subtle, so let's see, here to assist, lower your shields, uh, lower your shields, uh, thank you. So then Riker and Cargan are together on the bridge, uh, and he goes, Kargan goes, you should have just debated me out of space, and Riker goes, I don't want to be in charge, and he goes, well, you tricked me. Riker goes, who cares, you're back in charge, and then he goes, get back to work, uh. And Riker refuses to listen, uh, which uh, means that he gets fired off, the sh- kicked off the ship. And then Clagg, who uh, loves Riker, uh, he says, yes, Captain. He goes, he whispers, it was really great, I loved it. He goes, he whispers to Riker, you understand Klingons better than I thought, Commander. Riker goes, thank you, my friend. I you know, wonder if they cut out one more scene with Menden. I mean, he did, like, fix the thing, but he doesn't have, like, a like a, like a full, proper conclusion of, like, well, I learned to listen and not be a know-it-all. But Riker and Picard are together, and uh, he says, well, that was a short assignment and the shortest in the history. Picard goes, being well away from you, it was, like, the longest. Well done. And Riker goes, I learned quite a bit. And Picard goes, now how to uh, uh, reformulate an initial debate when you're getting kicked off your ship. And Picard goes, welcome back, number one. Uh, And he goes, Worf, take Riker for a walk. Uh, And then Riker says, geez, that really worked, Worf. And he goes, I'm glad I did. And he says, you come from a brave and unique people, and I'm glad you're with us on the Enterprise and worf goes thank you and welcome home and that was the end of the episode a good a good episode and let's see what, what we had to look up here uh, a couple of interesting things uh, oh the word hail uh, in this situation let's see this is from wikinick wiki wick connection wiki, 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 wiki the dictionary on wikipedia uh let's see uh, hail is a noun uh, balls or pieces of ice, uh, hail is a verb uh, to pour down in rapid succession to send or release hail or said of the weather when it's uh, falling or two, which is a variant of hail, H-A-L-E uh, for health or safety from the 13th century Uh, like in uh, Paradise Lost, uh, is to greet or give a salutation to, to salute, uh, or to name, designate, or call, or to call out loudly to gain the attention of. uh, uh, There's also an adjective, uh, an exclamation of respectful or reverent salutation, occasionally a familiar greeting. That's where the uh, football term hail mary comes from. Uh, so that's a little bit about. i link to it. Yeah, uh, but then it brought up like, okay, what are some of the other? Oh, that's still wiki dictionary, wiki wiki dictionary. Yeah, uh, but then there's like uh, the hail is a form of particip- precipitation which is distinct from sleet or ice pellets, uh, though they're confused. It's irregular balls or lumps of ice, uh, which is called a hailstone. Uh, Ice pellets usually are cold weather. Hail does not usually occur in cold weather. Unlike other forms of water ice, uh, which is made of rime, ice pellets are smaller and translucent. Hailstones usually... Are between five millimeters and fifteen centimeters. Uh, uh, they're most possible in thunderstorms like cumulonimbus. Uh, it requires environments of strong upwind, upward motion of air within the storm, uh, and lower to heights of, of the freezing level. Uh, in the mid latitudes, hail is in the interior forms in the interior of continents. Uh, while in the tropics, it gets confined, confined to high eleva, uh, elevations. Uh, any sort of storm that does create a hail is a hail storm. Uh, they can be irregular or, and clumped together, layered uh, transparent ice or alternating layers of transparent and translucent ice. Uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about it. Uh, it's just interesting uh you know especially for kids when you see it uh now what about step or steep? i don't know how to pronounce the word i'm being honest s t e p p e let's just say it's a step with a silent arrest of it uh in physical geography it's an region uh grasslands shrublands temperate grasslands savannas uh, shrub- shrubland biomes uh It's characterized by grassland plains without trees, apart from those near rivers and lakes. Uh, The prairie of North America is an example, though it is not called such. A step may be semi-arid or covered with grass shrubs, or both, depending on season or latitude. Uh, The term is used to denote the climate encountered in regions too dry to support a forest, but not dry enough to be a, a desert. Uh, there's usually uh, characterized by semi-arid or continental climate. It, it can go like uh, from warm in the summer to cold in the winter. Uh, besides the difference between summer and winter, the differences between day and night can be very great. Uh, there's the highlands of Mongolia and northern and northern Nevada, which can really uh, exemplify those extremes. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way uh especially the mid latitude ones. Uh there's two types. There's a the temperate or true steppe, uh, which is in the continental areas of the world, uh further subdivided like the Rocky Mountain ones, and then there's the subtropical ones uh with a Mediterranean like climate. Uh there's subtypes including shrub steppe and alpine steppe uh the Eurasian Eurasian uh, the Eurasian grass step of the temperate glass, grasslands, savannas, and shrublands had uh, a role in the spread of the horse, the wheel, and Indo-European languages. Uh, the Indo-European expansion and, and diverse invasions of horse-archer horse, civilizations of the steppe uh, eventually led to the rise of uh, Messiaen Greece and the amalgamation of Indo-Europeans. Uh, uh, in the pre-Greek population, uh, there was the Dorian and some late Bronze age, a lot of stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting stuff. Like, uh, and I don't know. I've just always seen that word. And I, I, I thought it would have been like the flat place, uh, like a flat mountaintop. Uh, but I was wrong. Uh, and I love being wrong. Now here's a question came up. It's like, is data left or right handed? and he is uh, left-handed uh, Noon, uh, noonian sung uh programmed his uh, androids with a dominant hand this is from stack exchange i uh, uh, i guess brett spiner is left-handed someone said uh noonian like his grandfather eric or Ark, uh, was left-handed why did he make his uh, androids left-handed Uh, Let's see, according to the most upvoted answer, uh, data and lore are left-handed because Soon scanned his own brain to provide the basis for the positronic brains. Uh, And since Soon himself was left-handed, his neural pathways were laid down with the same handedness. Uh, When data, uh, oh, with Lal uh, is Lyle's handedness is not canonically confirmed. Uh, she uses both hands. It could be ambidextrous because uh, Data scanned his brain for Lyle's brain. Uh, so this is interesting. I mean, I just was wondering. Uh, and Now we know Data's left-handed. And uh. let's just finish up with uh, Benzites. Oh, let's do astute if you're taking SAT. Uh, astute, S-A... Uh, let's see, how do you spell it? Uh, Astute, uh, A-S-T-U-T-E, quickly or critically discerning or shrewd or crafty is the uh, adjective. Uh, astute, so there there you go, just in case you get that on a test or you want to use it. Uh, well, that's a astute thing you said. Uh, you know, you could use it for fun uh, all the time. Like if someone, uh, you know, you know your dog breaks wind you could say that's very astute of you koa okay so then head over to memory alpha wiki uh memory alpha memory dash alpha fandom dot com for Benzite. uh there's species of uh humanoids native to the federation planet benzar uh, their contact was limited before the twenty fourth century but in twenty three sixty four uh mordock uh The creator of the Mordok strategy became the first Benzite to join Starfleet, edging out other candidates, including Wesley Crusher. Uh, Relations between Benzites and the Federation expanded at this time. Uh, Then there was officer exchange programs, uh, and Starfleet officers served on Benzite ships and vice versa. Uh, Following Mordok's uh, footsteps, other Benzites, such as Hoya, eventually enrolled in the Academy. Uh, which was also seen in Deep Space Nine episode The Ship. Uh, the ship. Uh, Benzites are known to be meticulous. Uh, the, even the regulations are, uh, which kind of played out in this episode. 2374, uh, during the, the Dominion stuff. Uh, you well, know, that's like, I want to know. So, Benzites are smooth, hairless, uh, blue or green skin. Uh, they have tendrils, uh, and, uh, they don't normally breathe oxygen and nitrogen. So they wear like a breathing apparatus, which kind of seems to put out some like, uh, whatever they can breathe, uh, which seems like it has a little bit of water vapor. Uh, so that's just a little bit about, uh, benzide. uh, so thanks. And, uh, here's some thank yous after this and plenty more to go, uh, load up other episodes if you need it. All right.